This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and thank you for joining me. This is an independent England football supporters podcast that, as I often say, tries to look at all aspects of our national team. And this episode is no exception. And I know this one follows hot on the heels of the Men's Senior Preview Podcast that looked at Wales, Belgium and Denmark. Uh, and thank you for your responses to that. All very positive. Thank you. The preview pods, well, they always seem to go down really well. And normally we'd follow it with the review episode. However, not in this instance, though. That is coming very soon. But in between them, I'd like to cover another side of our national setup. Now, I wouldn't normally highlight other players, what with this being an England podcast, but have a quick listen to this and tell me what you think they all have in common. And coming up with the ball, Lionel Messi. Oh, he hasn't, has he? He is just a conjurer. Vigo shot. Oh, just flew it. Neymar will take it on and Neymar will score. Quite magnificent. Oh, it drops for Fabregas, who looks for Iniesta, who's onside! And then Ronaldo! What a goal by Cristiano Ronaldo! Sensational! So there we have five massive world players. Even as an Englishman, I can't deny how good they are. And would love to have, I don't know, just one of them. With three lions on his shirt. And I guess if I was, if I was to pick one, hmm, tough call. Uh, Iniesta, Andre Iniesta, magical player. Uh, anyhow, what do they have all in common? Well, they all share their roots in the game of futsal. Now, recently, futsal has been in the news and we'll come to that very soon. But I don't want to come across as teaching your grandmother to suck eggs here. Uh, but for those that don't know what the game of futsal is, let me give you a brief explanation. Uh, it's a game that has its roots in South America. And it's a similar game to the five-a-side one, whereby it's played indoors and on a hard court. It's five players per side. However, it differs from the five-a-side, as it's got no sideboards and futsal has its defined lines on the courts. There's no waist-sized goals in futsal. It's more hockey-type size goals. And probably its main difference is its smaller, harder, low-bounce ball. It's a fast, exciting game with unlimited substitutions. And if the ball goes out of play, the opposing team has four seconds to play it back in once they've placed that ball on the line. Now, it's a game of two 20-minute halves but the clock stops each time the ball goes out and there's a 15-minute half-time. Now, there are plenty of other rules too, but the main emphasis of the game is on improvisation, creativity and technique. So it means we see lots of skills, tricks and flicks and keeping that ball as close to them as physically possible. And that's where we come back to those five amazing players. 
Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, we all know what they're capable of. To the point where we take it for granted just how good they are. Those skills were honed on the futsal court. So why this episode on futsal, I hear you ask? Well, recently, as you may have heard, our very own FA have announced they are withdrawing the funding for our England national side, the men's senior. Uh, The under-23s and under-19s will be cast aside too, and there was also talk of creating a women's team too. Again, this will go to the wayside if this plan is implemented. It's all come about because of the current coronavirus situation we and the world find ourselves in. You may remember earlier in the year, the FA announced that they expected a loss of up to £300 million and talk of 82 jobs going within the organisation. Now, I fully understand how this awful virus is affecting us all. Businesses around the world are being affected and closing. People are being made redundant. Football is no different. However, with futsal, by all accounts... It has one of the smallest budgets within the FA's structure. I do have a slight personal affection to the game. I've seen our own national team play live. I've actually got my Level 1 Coaching Award in futsal. Uh, It's an amazing game with speed, skill, and it has been slowly growing in popularity across the country. Younger children are getting involved in the game and getting used to the ball at their feet and expressing themselves and then taking this to the outside grass game. So you see where I'm coming from. We're in the process of producing players to play like our Spanish or South American counterparts. If this funding stops, and this drips down through the game, and we lose those players with the current enthusiasm, which then, long term, could affect the players coming through, who could eventually be performing for our very own senior team we all love to follow. I think the FA need to have a serious rethink here. And it got to the point where England futsal captain Rayoni Medina felt the need to contact senior captain Harry Kane recently in an open letter on Twitter. This is what he had to say. Dear Harry, we've never met. However, we share so much together in life. Like you, I've been awarded one of the greatest honours in sport, the England captaincy a responsibility that only a few before us have been entrusted with. We've both experienced the feeling of pulling on the armband for the first time, of singing the national anthem in FIFA World Cups and UEFA European Championships, and having led our teams during difficult times when they have needed us most. I still remember the day the manager asked me to be a captain. I was so proud and I remember making a promise to myself that I would do everything in my power to help the team whenever they needed me, and that's why I'm writing to you now. Harry, My name is Ryan Medina and I'm the captain of the England futsal team and I need your help. Last week, the players and I were informed by the FA that they were ending the England futsal national teams because they can't afford the 300k it costs to run seniors, under 21s and under 19s. As teams, we understood we would be asked to make sacrifices to support the FA in reacting to the pandemic. However, we never expected that they would collapse everything especially as both the seniors and the under-19s are in the UEFA Futsal Euro competitions this season. No other England team or pathway has been treated this way. The players and staff from all the squads are devastated, and the truth is I'm angry, but not at the thought of my own career ending. 
that was always going to happen. I have lived my sporting dream and I have memories that will stay with me forever. I am angry because I have been put in a situation where I have to explain to the children that come and see us play that they will never have this opportunity. That someone from the FA who has never seen us play has made the decision that our sport is not worthy of children's dreams, desire or dedication. For me, that is unforgivable. This isn't just about England players, staff and their families either. It's about the thousands of grassroots football players across the nation that have had their sport taken away. As captains, we hope to leave a legacy behind for the younger generations, but my hope of doing that in futsal has been extinguished. I'm also really worried about my teammates. They are already talking about how they've lost their identity, their enthusiasm to train and their desire to compete. Mentally, this has the potential to be really damaging to us as athletes and people. Where do I begin helping them? Despite being told that we have no future as an England team, we're still being asked to compete in UEFA Futsal Euro playoff games in November to ensure that the FA meet their obligations. Somehow, I am meant to find the words to lead the players one more time, to help them and to inspire them, but I have no idea what to say or what to do. The fact that the players are even willing to play tells you all you need to know about them as professionals, athletes and humans. I'm asking for help, Harry, from one captain to another. The England futsal side was formed back in 2003 and it takes its players from various sides around the country and the world and it's currently managed by Mike Skubala and like the 11th side game there are World Cups and European tournaments to compete for and as I mentioned that home nations tournament too and here to tell us more about the side the game and that current situation uh, is England futsal defender Doug Reed. Hello, Doug. Hiya, thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. How are you? Yeah, very well. well <laughs> as, bo- as well as can be with the recent news we've had about futsal from the FA. I know, I know. Well, we'll, we'll head to that very soon. But uh, <laughs> perhaps just, just give us a little bit of background about yourself, um, maybe a bit more about the game of futsal, and, and then we can move on to this situation that you find yourselves in. Yeah, so growing up, I played football, um, never heard of futsal until I was about 20 years old and I was at university. Um, but then, yeah, found out about it there, got involved in it. The FA National League started just about around that time, which was 2008. And yeah, started playing um, for a club side there, Manchester Futsal Club. Went on to play for the England team. As you said, I've been playing since 2003. Um, and then from there, got the offer to play professionally in Spain. So uh, took that opportunity and played for in a few countries, Croatia, Cyprus, Serbia. We also had a professional team in England for a w- couple of years, so I played there as well. Um, and yeah, been playing for the England team since, still playing for them. And yeah, the, the sports, you know, like you said, in 2003 was when it first kind of got introduced in England and then really started getting a bit more attention around 2000 and late, late you know, before the 2010, around that time. And it's it's really grown in popularity uh, since, and it, it's become a big sport. It's obviously a lot of people know that it's you know one of the most popular sports in other countries, such as like Brazil, Spain, in kind of South America, Southern Europe. It's a it's a really popular sport, and and as I said, it's becoming pop more more and more popular here now. Yeah, and I'd say uh, it's a real, real great spectator sport as well. Um, it's fast, it's it's furious, uh, and there's music <laughs> played as well, isn't there? Um, yeah, it depends. I mean, it's it's five a side. It's 
played indoors, so obviously you can play it in an arena. So it depends how how the you know whoever's organising the games does it. Some people yeah like to play the music a bit like the kind of basketball, the NBA kind of atmosphere, and then other places they don't play music. So yeah, it's it's you can you can really play around with it really how you create the kind of fan experience with it. Yeah, I mean I I say the music because I've I've only been to one futsal game it was an England game and and it was one that that I believe you played in and it was back in okay. <laughs> back in 2015 you may Sweden remember game, this. Was it? Sweden game at yeah. the Olympic uh copper box on the Olympic yeah. Park I went there for the because the games that you had two games one on a Friday and I believe one on a Saturday uh yeah. one one and lost one um and unfortunately I went to the one that you lost um, <laughs> but it was a fantastic experience um the crowd were were really taken by it um and it, yeah it was really really great enjoyable spectator sport yeah that's the thing with obviously playing in the indoor arena the, cl- the crowd are very close to the pitch and the small side of the pitch means that there's always action happening. There can always be a goal scored within the next few seconds. So it, it does really engage fans. It is really exciting to watch. Very attacking sport. Um, lots of goals and shots and lots of action, really. Lots of skill as well. You really see how some of these players, um, we've mentioned earlier on in the in the podcast, the likes of uh, Iniesta and Ronaldo, who've had that futsal sort of experience. And you can see how they've taken it to the 11 aside game, can't you? Yeah, I mean, in those kind of countries I mentioned earlier, they, they all the kids grow up playing in, in Brazil. You, you probably don't play 11 aside until you're 13, 14. Um, you're playing futsal until that time and then you choose which path you want to go on. Um, but yeah, they, a lot of those guys really, you know, they, they're massive advocates for the sport and say it's how they developed all their skills. And it's just really good for developing that ability to just work in tight spaces and, and you know, that close control the, the vision to find little gaps and play passes it's it's really good for developing those abilities yeah and and the England team um I mean they're what are you currently around I think 59th in the in the world rankings um and it's a, a sport that's say growing in this country and and the FA uh over the last few years were, were sort of directing it in the right direction weren't they? they they've even got the the futsal court up at St George's Park as well haven't they yeah, I mean, I would never say they've really got behind it and really pushed it, but they definitely have, you know, put some effort into developing it. Um, as you said, we're, we're still quite low in the rankings. And that's really because, I mean, once you go to 40 and above, you're looking at all kind of teams that have all professional players. As I said to you, I never um, discovered this sport until I was 20 years old, whereas in all the other countries, they're playing it um, from when they're, you know, five or six. And that's a good thing about England now. And with the futsal, it was looking a lot very promising because we've had we're starting to get those kids who've at least started playing it 11 12 and have been playing it for you know six or seven years and now they're, they're you know late teens early 20s and there's some real talent coming through and it was looking really promising for the England futsal team going forward so the the fruits were were just beginning to show I guess weren't they until this until this bombshell hit in the uh, in the back end of September didn't it yeah exactly I mean I mean, futsal is a sport in itself and people are just playing futsal. But as most people kind of know it, it's it's a great way to develop football abilities. And we had a player, Max Kilman, who's got 25 caps for England. And, you know, he's he's signed for Wolves in the Premier League. He just started last weekend against Fulham. So it shows that, yeah, even though the FA, as I said, they've not really, really invested in it. It was just starting to come through. But now we've had this decision where they've announced that they're going to cut 
all the support they can really for the sport. They're going to end the England programme and most of the support for the grassroots, which is a real, real shame. And they're saying it's because of COVID, but we can't really believe that because COVID, they said, was going to need about 20% cuts across the organisation. And this is more or less a 100% cut for futsal. So it's more, I think, a, a kind of technical decision or a philosophical decision than than actually all down to COVID as they're, they're trying to hide behind. Yeah, I mean, it's it obviously hit you, yourself, the other players, the, the whole sport in England quite hard to the point where uh, the England captain, Rayoni Medina, put an open letter to, to fellow England captain Harry Kane. And, and it was pretty powerful words, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really, you could really feel the emotion in the letter. And I think that's how we're all, we all feel. I mean, there was an England senior team, which I played for, and then there's the under-21s, the under-19s. There was a commitment to form a women's team for the UEFA Futsal Euro, um, women's Euro in 2021. So there was a lot of people involved in this sport. And we were absolutely shocked because, okay, we saw the cuts that the FA had to make and we expected that we'd take our fair share, probably more than our fair share of cuts. But to completely end the programme, we, we didn't know anything about it until there was a leaked report in The Guardian. Um, and then we had a call with the FA, hastily arranged the next day, and they told us it was the end of the programme, end of all the support for Futsal. It's just it's come at such a shock because in 2018, they released a six-year strategy for Futsal. And it was it had like Gareth Southgate, the former technical director, uh, Dan Ashworth, all talking about how brilliant this game was, the director of women's football, um, saying how it's so important to the growth of the uh, women's and girls games. So, you know, everything was looking looking bright, looking promising for the sport. And there's just been a sudden reversal of, of I don't know, the thought of how futsal, you know, what futsal is in England. And they've, they've just pulled out all support. So, yeah, everyone's shocked, emotional and, yeah, very upset about what's happened and how it's happened. As a, you, are, you said you're a professional player, this, this is your livelihood then, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Dedicated all our lives to it. I mean, now now I've come back and I'm playing in England. And like most of the players in my team, we don't get paid for playing for our clubs. We don't get paid for playing for England. We do it because we love the sport. We love to inspire kids who look up to us, you know. And it's part of, like anyone, it becomes part of your identity. So when someone takes that away, it's, you know, it's quite upsetting. So what... I mean, I'm sure you're all you're all in a uh, sort of head spinning space at the moment. But where, what's the the first steps that you, you're taking to try and get get this back on on path again or back on track? And um, well, in the call, we had obviously had lots of questions for the people the FA um, put in front of us to deliver the news. Um, they weren't able to en- um, answer a lot of them. They told us that we'd need to speak to the technical director, Les Reed, or the CEO, uh, Mark Bullingham. Um, so we requested a meeting with, with Mark and Les, but um, unfortunately, Mark responded. He didn't really um, engage with our request. He just gave us the same information we've already heard. Um, so we've tried to get support from, you know, from on social media. We've started, well, we haven't started, but we're supporting a pish, petition at uh, um, it's been covered in the papers, which is interesting because it's been covered in The Guardian, the BBC, uh, Henry Winter in The Times. So it's interesting that, the, you know, the media are happy to, or think it's interesting to hear players' concerns and what's happening. Yet the FA themselves who've taken the decisions are completely ignoring um, their own players, which I think is a shame because, 
the FA have a bit of a history of not listening to the people who play the game. And, and you know, they've always said they're going to change, but it seems like they haven't. Yeah, it's such, such a shame. And it seems, as you say, you mentioned the likes of Henry Winter and the BBC puts it, put it out there. And it's hopefully it's going to get the... Uh, Get the reaction from the public to to get behind you guys. But what if you were to say something direct to the FA? What what would you want to say? I'll just say to them, like, because they didn't consider, you know, what this game means to people. I think it was just a complete. Well, they kind of admit to us it was just a completely a financial decision. It was just let's cross this off the budget. And I think they they should listen to people like myself, England players, but also the people at the grassroots. Lots of boys and girls play this game and they love it. And it's a really important part of their life. It gives them a lot of benefit, gets them physically active. And I think it's that they should have, before you make a decision like this, you need to listen to those people. And that's what I'd ask them to do. Listen to us uh, now, because this isn't just about futsal in the end. I think this is more, it affects more the wider, you know, footballing community, because if they can take decisions like this for futsal, I mean, it's the same again, they can do it for, for grassroots football. And I think that's the problem they've got. Focus. They said that they're focusing on their priority of winning, uh, you know, football World Cups. But I think, you know, there's enough focus on the elite and the professionals that they get enough, you know, people looking after them. I think that's where the FA's kind of purpose should be to more look at look after those people that need the support more, the the grassroots, the the different parts of the game. I mean, the female, this was growing so much in the female game of futsal was growing so much and they've just taken this away. I think this is a time when the FA should be investing in uh, opportunities for for female players, not taking them away. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. And there was there was one thing. I think it was uh, Henry Winter's piece uh, that he wrote, and I think it was sort of followed the the lines that the players that are are getting involved in futsal at a young age um, they are the future, not not just of futsal, but potentially the the starting eleven that could be a, uh, an England. 11 a side game aren't they that the players that can come through so it's almost like you're i don't know what's the phrase biting off your nose to spite your face yeah. or something yeah I, th- I think it's very short termism i mean i don't know if it's the people in these positions thinking well these futsal players might come through in 10 years but <laughs> i'm not going to be around when they come through um but yeah as you said i, I think and, and obviously it's all opinions but i think football the england team it's got a lot of good players but maybe it does lack a little bit though and enough depth of those creative players, those players who are really good in the tight spaces and can create something from nothing. And that's kind of players that futsal helps develop. And no one's saying that futsal, we know we play futsal and we're going to win the World Cup in 10 years, but it's definitely going to help. And, and I don't see how they can take that away. It just seems so, so not looking, you know, the longer, uh, the bigger picture really. Um, and it's, it's just a shame. Yeah, absolutely. Such a shame. I mean, what? I mean, going back to to your own England career, what what was the last game that you you played? And and I'm guessing at the moment with the the whole coronavirus situation that that games are are not scheduled, are they? Uh, no, yeah, exactly. We can't can't play indoor games at the moment because it's limited to six. Um, yeah. The last game I played was in February, early February from my club and England. We played the uh, UEFA Futsal Euro 22 first stage qualifiers where we played in Moldova. Um, so now we've got, actually, we've got a qualifier in early November against a playoff against North Macedonia. Right. Um, so, so the FA, I think because they get fined by UEFA if they don't fulfil that fixture, we're, we're playing that fixture. But 
they've completely immediately taken away all the support. So we're not having any training, we've got no training, no preparation. So like you said, we haven't played since February, January, um, but we're going to go straight to this fixture um, and try and get a UEFA playoff. We're, none of our ex- existing staff, except for our head coach, is going to be able to come with us because of the lack of funds. So it just seems very, very ruthless, um, you know, and just, it, you know, just it's just the way the decision's been taken. It's just it's very hurtful after you've put so much years into the sport and you see it growing and you see so many kids inspired by it. Yeah, it's just very, very hard to take. Yeah, oh, I really feel for you. I mean, the, you say you're going to is it North Macedonia? You said, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. I mean, as you as individuals and players, are you having to put your own hand in your pocket to pay for your your transport there, your flights there? No, I mean that's they're, they're funding. They're funding the basics. So we'll go there, play the game. We're playing two games there, so we play the game the next day, play the game, and then we'll come back. Whereas usually we'd probably have a day there to train and prepare. We'd obviously have a few training camps before. I mean, the players are getting together and we're trying to arrange our own training um, so we can be a little bit uh, better prepared. Um, but obviously, I don't think really the FA want us to win because if we do win, we play another six qualifiers. So obviously that's more funding, more money that it will cost them. So, yeah, I mean, originally they weren't, they hadn't guaranteed that they were going to fund us even if we won. So even if we won, we might have not played but they have said now i don't know if because of the campaign or not but they they will fund you know it'll be the very basic funding of just playing the trips again but i mean still the players are sacrificing because at the moment it's two weeks quarantine when you come back and as i said we're all amateur athletes we've all got full-time jobs so you know i think nearly everyone said that they're prepared to go so even though we know you know they're cutting funding straight after it might mean two weeks where we can't go into our jobs. Um, it shows, I think, the sacrifice of the players, that they're all willing still to go and how passionate they are about the sport. Yeah, no, that's, that's unbelievable passion that uh, that you're all showing. But, I mean, it's almost like you don't need any more encouragement to uh, to go out and win these games and progress, do you? <laughs> no, we're hugely motivated. I mean, everything's against us. I think, for me, I think it's if we win, it'll be the biggest achievement in my career even though it's only a qualifier um just because of everything that's gone against us and you know it's it's such a difficult challenge to win that game but yeah we're definitely very motivated and we we don't just feel we're representing ourselves we feel we're kind of representing the whole futsal community I mean as the England players we've kind of taken on the position of representing them because obviously our voice is a little bit more powerful although still not very powerful it seems but um a little bit more powerful than others in the futsal community so we're trying to represent them so we really feel like it would not just be a victory for us as individuals and as a team, but also a victory for the whole futsal community to keep trying to push and campaign to get uh, this decision changed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and for people that may be listening to this and and hearing about it for the first time, is will this game be sort of a people be able to watch it anywhere? I mean, is it on online or anything? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the details at the moment. Usually, the games are streamed online. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you I don't know who to follow. If you follow me or, you know, other England players, I'm sure we'll share. I think it's uh, the exact dates are 8th and 9th of December, uh, November, sorry. So, you know, a couple of days before that, we should have a streaming link um, if people do want to watch it. Oh, excellent. I will, uh, I've, I've no doubt I'm following you at the moment, but I'll, once uh, once I see that link, I'll, I'll retweet that one out. Um, Brilliant. I mean, just to, to wrap it all up, I know you said there was a, a petition being done uh, or that is out there. Can you just uh, remind us of that again? Should people want to, to contribute to that? 
Yeah, it's at savefutsal.co.uk. And just, yeah, if anyone, it'll take, you know, no more than 30 seconds for you to sign. But if anyone can sign that or if anyone else is, you know, listening as experienced futsal and thinks it's a great game, whatever, and thinks they can help us or support us in any way, um, yeah, we'd be really, really grateful um, for their support. Yeah, that's great. Doug Reed, thank you very much. And uh, maybe we can speak again after the, uh, oh, hopefully with some, some good news, both sort of financially <laughs> and um, from North Macedonia at some stage. Let's hope so, and it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you to Doug there. You can follow him on Twitter at Doug Reed Futsal. D-O-U-G-R-E-E-D. F-U-T-S-A-L. And you can really hear the emotion in his voice there at times. Really feel for him and all the guys and girls affected by this decision. And as I mentioned it, come on, it would be great for the FA to reevaluate their choice here. And I'm always right behind any England team that plays and always want them to win. But how sweet would it be for those guys to go to North Macedonia there and get a result and progress through? really wish them well Uh, as i mentioned i'll put a link up as and when i find one of where and when that game will be streamed it's going to be well worth a watch if you've never seen futsal before uh yeah really well worth it Uh, likewise i'll link to the petition doug mentioned takes 30 seconds to sign it so thank you as always for listening please do tell your friends about the podcast And if you happen to be on the likes of iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, this on all the platforms out there, please do give it a review. would be much appreciated. And you can get in touch direct on various social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Three Lions Podcast. Or you can email threelionspodcast at gmail.com. My name's Russell Osborne, and I hope you can join me for some future episodes about our England team. And in the meantime, take care of yourselves and your family and friends in these times. Cheers. Cheers.